cannot see behind the curtain He might be working, ain't nothing sweet, I'm deserving uh, Deep in this furnace, you know when you can't discern If life is a sentence or purpose and when they hurt you You are who you turn to, who you turn to Who you turn to, when it burns through No, we didn't curse you, turn my tremble to your temple If the answer is no I'll be singing in this pit, Lord Yes, I will lift you high In the lowest valley Yes, I will bless your name Yes, I will sing for joy When my heart is heavy All my days Yes, I will
Welcome to the Brook. We, oh, I just said it twice. Well, we'd like to welcome you to the Brook. For those who are here and online, if we can rise out to our, uh, rise to our feet, we're going to go ahead and start with worship. Amen. Let's go. All right, we're going to take it back with this one. Come on, ready, set. We say, this is the day. This is the day that the Lord has made, that the Lord has made. I will rejoice. I will rejoice. I will rejoice and be glad and be glad. Oh, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Oh, this is the day. This is. I will. 
you go back in your memory bank and said like, man, that's was church back in the days. So we brought it back. So I hope you came back with us. Amen. All right, let's continue to worship. song is easy. We're going to sing like this.
to God forever. We give glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God forever. Check, check. Good morning. Good morning, church. My name is Tracy. I'm happy to welcome you to the brook today. Uh, we are uh, a church here in Miami. We exist to grow eight people from all people who are passionate for God. Hello to everybody who is watching us online. We hope that you engage. Give us a thumbs up, a hallelujah, high five, something to let us know that you're there and let us know where you are watching from. So if it's your first time here with us, then we invite you to fill out a Connect card. They are digital. Uh, if you see one of our wonderful hospitality people up in the front, uh, they will give you a little card. There's a QR code there. You grab your phone, you take a picture, uh, and then we will stay connected with you. Um, if you are part of our family, then we're, wel we're excited to welcome you back here today. I'm going to read our scripture reading. Uh, before uh, our brother Jonathan Arias is bringing the word today. We're very excited about that. If you were here for, uh, the, for the first service, uh, you know how exciting and animated uh, and really fun uh, the message is going to be today. So we're excited that um, he's going to be back with us at 11. Well, it is 11 now, but he'll be back with us to, to give us our second service sermon. All right, so let's read Colossians uh, chapter 2. We are continuing on with our, sermons, our sermon series of Colossians, and the words will be up on the screen, or you can follow with the YouVersion Bible app. This is chapter 2, starts in verse 16. Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink, or with regard to a festival, or a new moon, or a Sabbath. These are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Let no one disqualify you, insisting on ascetism and worship of angels going on in details about visions puffed up, puffed up without reason by his sensuous mind and not holding fast to the head, from whom the whole body, nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments, grows with a growth that is from God. If with Christ you died to the elemental spirits of the world, why, as if you are still alive to the world, do you submit to regulations? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch, referring to things that all perish as they are used according to the human precepts and teachings. These have indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion and ascetism and severity to the body, but they are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thanks for today. Thanks for waking us up this morning and allowing us to be here, to fellowship with one another as one body, to worship you, God. Uh, I pray that uh, as we sing songs, as we hear the word, Lord, that um, the message will fall on soft hearts. God, for those who cannot be with us today, I pray that you would just cover them with your blood as a hedge of protection. Um, God, that we would be able to gather together um, as a whole body here at the brook very, very soon. We praise your name, and we bless you, and we worship you, and we hope, Lord, that you would accept that as a sacrifice today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Let us be reminded of our call to worship. You can read with me together. To all who are spiritually weary and seek rest, to all who mourn and long for comfort, to all who struggle and desire victory, to all who sin and need a savior, to all who are strangers and want fellowship, to all who hunger and thirst after righteousness, and to whoever will come, this church opens wide her doors and offers her welcome 
in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You 
Sometimes we're anxious. Sometimes we don't know what's about to happen. But God, that we, but we pray right now that we may trust that you know all things, that you are all-knowing God. And God, today we declare you as King of our lives, King of our jobs, King of our schools, King of our nation. So at this time, God, we're just going to declare that you are king and that you are good yesterday, today, and forever, God.
today that you are the king of our lives again. God, we pray that when we go through life, we know that we know the end game, that you will never let us down, that you will never leave us, that you will never forsake us. God, let us believe these words that we are singing today, that we may be able to forget about uh, yesterday and focus on tomorrow and focus on right now. God, we pray that you may be with our country, with our church, with our members, with our families, and that you are good yesterday, today, and forever, God. So, God, we thank you right now. We thank you for the days to come. And we declare that you are good forevermore. In your name we pray. Amen. Good morning, stretch. Reach for the stars Today maybe, baby, you're an astronaut No room for margin My fears are starving The saints still marching I am the harvest God got flowers for me God got flowers for me God got flowers in me That never met a vase Just rose in the shades You can lay inside your faith This kind never I feel love surrounding me And your spirit guiding me Just breathe and pray There's grace for the day So I can show up for myself 
morning, church. Uh, I know I might look like Moochie, but I'm not him. <clears throat> I'm the upgrade. I'm Moochie 2.0. Come on, somebody. Burn! Flame emoji, flame emoji, flame emoji. Um, <clears throat> so this went well first service, but there's no guarantee that it's going to go well second time around. So Y'all pray for me. Uh, my name is Jonathan Arias, and um, man, it's a blessing to be up here and to share this word with you guys. I'm going to read our text in Colossians, and then I'm going to pray, and we're going to get into it, because like I told the first service, I like to go long. So I hope y'all brought you uh, a blanket or something, a little snack. Um, Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. These are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Let no one disqualify you, insisting on asceticism and worship of angels, going on in detail about visions, puffed up without reason by his sensuous mind and not holding fast to the head from whom the whole body nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments grow, grows with the growth that is from God. 19 is going to be important, so mentally circle it or physically circle it if you got something to write with. If with Christ you died to the elemental spirits of the world, why, as if you were still alive in the world, do you submit to regulations? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch, Referring to things that all perish as they are used, according to human precepts and teachings. These have indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion and asceticism and severity to the body, but they are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. God, I thank you for this word. Thank you for these people, God. I pray you open up their hearts to receive. There will be fertile ground, and I pray you just use me, God. Thank you for... The fact that I am flawed, God, because you show your grace even through me as a flawed man. God, I thank you for your grace, and I pray that you bless us with your truth this morning. Amen. So, I grew up pretty religious, um, Hispanic household. Um, anybody grew up in a religious Hispanic household, maybe Haitian household? Y'all get down with the religiosity, too. Or, um, so um, it, was, it was interesting. I'll tell you a little bit about that. But before I do, let me, let me just say this. I use the word religious purposely to contrast it with a relationship with God. And you're going to hear that word a lot this morning. When I say religion, what I refer to is man's efforts in order to gain right standing with God, to earn God's love and his approval. An easy equation is religion equals Jesus plus fill in the blank. See, a lot of people, they think that they need to earn right standing with God. They need to earn his approval, his love. So they, they you know, Jesus is cool, but you got to add a little something on that. Like, you can't be lightweight. Like, you know, G just Jesus is, is just lightweight. But that's not true, is it, saints? Right? Jesus plus zero equals everything. Amen, somebody? Amen. 
Religion says you need to add a little something on it. You don't need to add nothing on to this. Amen, somebody? So let me tell you about the culture I grew up in. There was no dancing. Don't dance. And I'm Hispanic, so that was hard for me because I got in the hips. It was, it, was inject, it, was, it, came, it came through the umbilical cord, and I couldn't, couldn't use it. Now I suck. Don't take salsa dancing one day, but right now I suck. Only certain haircuts were allowed. No pierced ears. I have a story about that, which I will not share. Just know I don't have pierced ears right now because of that story. Uh, no secular music. There was no Disney at one point. No Lion King. No Jungle Book. No Pokemon. Women didn't wear pants. You catch my mom in some pants today, she is probably uh, uh, maybe uh, uh, drunk or sedated. Um, speaking of drunk, there was no kind of alcohol. It was out of the question. I said in the first service, even hand sanitizer wasn't allowed because it had alcohol in it. It seemed as if growing up, church, being a Christ follower was marked more by what we didn't do instead of what we did do. Who we were, who we weren't instead of who we were, and what we were against more than we were, what we were for. Anybody encountered anything like that? Anybody ever seen that in the church? In Colossae, that's what they were dealing with. And Paul had to tell the Colossians, who were Gentile believers, he had to tell them, hey, 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 don't let, don't let them tell you that you need Jesus plus these other things, this, this new moon festival, these Sabbaths, these, these, these things that are just going to perish, that they're really just a shadow of the things to come, which is Christ. Don't let them tell you that you need this extra stuff. It was an issue in the church from the beginning. Let's go back. Let's talk about how it started. Let's go to Acts chapter 15. Turn with me, church, if you can. Chapter 15. So what happened was Jesus was a Jew. His disciples were Jews. The first converts to the church were Jews. But then these Gentiles started coming along because God's plan was for the world. Remember John 3.16? What is it? For God so loved? Right. His plan was from the, for the world from the beginning. So these Gentiles start coming to Christ, and then they're like, okay, that's all well and good, Mr. Gentile. What's a Gentile, by the way? Somebody who's not a Jew, right? So you're all Gentiles up in here. So they're like, okay, these Gentiles are coming along, and that's all well and good, but you need a little bit, you need a little bit of this Jewish sauce on you. Jesus alone isn't enough. And so there started to be some issues among the brethren. So it says, but some men, verse 1, came down from Judea and were teaching the brothers, unless you are circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. All the fellas said, ouch. And after Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension, which his Bible speak for, they had it out. They had some words. They, they're being nice, like no small dissension. No, uh, I could imagine like they, they, went, they went in on each other. 
and debate with them. Paul and Barnabas and some of the others were appointed to go up to, the Jerusal to Jerusalem to the apostles and the elders about this question. What are we going to do about these Gentiles? Same issue they were having in Colossae, right? Then we're going to skip up in the interest of time to verse 10. You got it there? Yeah. Now, therefore, somebody spoke up and said, now, therefore, why are you putting God to the test by placing a yoke on the neck of the disciples that neither our fathers nor we have been able to bear? Man, this religious thing has been tough on us. Why are we going to put it on them? They don't even have that upbringing. And so here was the solution. At the end, after all the debate and prayer, 19 said, therefore, my judgment is that we should not trouble those of the Gentiles who turn to God, but should write to them to abstain from the things polluted by idols and from sexual, sexual immorality and from what has been strangled and from blood. The point is, man, let's focus on the heart. Let's focus on the things that they idolize. Let's first focus on their sexual morality. But let's not put all this on them that we couldn't even bear. See, because this is how it used to go down. You used to get saved, and um, you know, out at the, you know, the connection table, out there, you used to come into, you know, this is the Jewish brook, right? So you walk into the Jewish brook, you get saved, and then they hand you your Gentile Christian starter kit. And they're like, man, I'm so glad you're, you're choosing to follow Jesus, Mr. Gentile Christian. So we got a few things for you. First of all, a box of turkey bacon on the house. Now that you're a, a Christian, you can no longer eat pork. So make sure you uh, pop this in your, in your pan in the morning and eat it with uh, your croissant and your eggs, and you'll be good to go. By the way, I said this in the first service, one time I brought the wrong turkey bacon home for my wife, and it was bad, all bad. Make sure you know what kind of bacon your wife likes. Side note, that's free. You ain't got to pay me for that. It's a free lesson. What about this one? Chick-fil-A. What are they known for outside of their glorious, amazing chicken sandwiches? When are they closed? Everybody knows, because y'all want to go there today, and you can't, and you're sad. Chick-fil-A is closed on Sundays. Not once you uh, convert to Christianity, according to the early church and what, what, what these people wanted, they said, now you got to be closed on Saturdays. Your Sabbath has to change. What else we got in this uh, Gentile Christian? Oh, starter kit. Oh, here we go. We got a new calendar because now you got to follow the, the Sabbath and, and the new moon festivals and all these uh, different feasts. And now that has to change. And my personal favorite, you ready for it? Swing! What is this for? Circumcision. Get ready, man. I bet a lot of people didn't want to turn to Christ for that. They were like, hey, man, I like that Jesus thing, that resurrection, you know, that cross thing, but hold up, man. Hold up. So just like it happened over there in Jerusalem, and they talked about it, Paul comes back in Colossians, our text for today, and he says, hey, y'all. Man, let's focus on what this thing is really about. Don't let anyone disqualify you trying to make you into this. It's not Jesus plus. It's Jesus plus zero equals everything. Amen? We're going to focus really 
on verse 19. I'm going to read 18 through 20 real quick. It says, no, let no one disqualify you, insisting on asceticism and worship of angels, going on in details about visions, puffed up without reason by his sensuous mind. Here we go. And not holding fast to the head from whom the whole body nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments grows with the growth that is from God. If with Christ you died to the elements, elemental spirits of the world, why is if you were still alive in the world, do you submit to regulations? Church, you are called to be joined together as a body with Christ as our head. We're knit together. You are called to relationship with Christ as your head. That's what the, the rest of this sermon is about. That's what the rest of this book is about. That's what the gospel is about. That's what this world is about. It's about you and I being reconciled to God through Christ. And that's what he wants from us. And that's what he wanted from the Gentiles in Colossae. It was not about, hey, let me put a little extra sauce on it. God wants relationship with you. Amen, somebody? The head, the body being joined together. I'll give my life to that. I'll give the rest of my life to that. Not to this. A set of regulations, a set of rules. That won't keep us. That won't keep my heart. But God speaking to me, saying, Jonathan, I love you. I want to know you. I want to be with you. I have plans for your life. God saying that to you and to you and to you. Come on, somebody. Tell me that doesn't get you excited. Come on, somebody. That's the beauty of this thing we're saved into. You're not saved into a religion where you got to do some more stuff. God wants relationship with you. And so it all ties back to that. And the Colossians, either they forgot it or they just didn't know. So it took Uncle Paul to come through and be like, hold up. Hold up now. Don't get caught up in this thing that doesn't satisfy you. That's a burden. That's a weight that we couldn't even deal with that yoke that was upon us. Amen, somebody? So if you zone out for the rest of the day, you got what this message was about. Don't start texting on me now, but if you do, you got it. So let's talk about a little bit about religious measures and why it was a thing in Colossae and, and why it's still a thing sometimes in church. Can we be honest, church? Can we, can, we family here, right? We family. Can we be honest? Can we, can we uh, agree and admit that sometimes... We've done this and we've pushed people away and said, man, you need, you need, you need this extra. You need this in order to be a, a believer, to be a Christ follower. And it's done damage to some people. Sure, it did damage to me growing up. And some of you are still dealing with those hurts. And, and, and we have to get to the point where, man, it's Jesus plus zero equals everything. But if we're honest, it's easier sometimes. It makes sense sometimes to, uh, you know, mark off religious activities on our religious scorecard, to see external religious markings as evidence of one's love for God. It's easier to see. It's, sometimes it's easier to manage. It's like, hey, all I got to do is this, this, and I'm good with God. 
So sometimes there's an appeal there, and that's what we have to fight against. You know, Colossians could say, hey, the last time I ate pork was, oh, I'm doing good with God. The last time I went to this, I went to the last three festivals, I'm doing good with God. That's how religion works, right? But that's not how relationship works. Anyone who's ever been in a relationship or has at least watched, at least watched a rom-com lately knows that that's not how relationships work. To prove that, I'm going to have a little competition that I devised. I need another married man. Who's married up in here? Right there. What's your name? Bennett. Bennett. All right, Bennett. All right. We're going to see who loves their wife more. Is it you or is it me? I'm putting all my money on me, by the way. You ready? Okay. First question. How long did you date your wife before you married her? Two years. Two years. Nah. Three years. <laughs> One is zero. It's not looking good, Bennett. I think I love my wife more than you do. Number two, how long have you been married? Three months. Don't clap for him, I'm winning. 11 years. I'm up 2-0, man. I don't think you love her at all. Go ahead and move to another seat. Number three, how many kids do you have? Two kids. What's the count? What's the score? Three zero. When did you go on your last date? <laughs> Bennett, Bennett, Bennett. If it was earlier than last yesterday morning, then that's four zero. And that proves that I love my wife more than you love your wife. Now come back, church, come back to me. Of course, that was a ridiculous exercise. Of course, I was playing around. The truth is, when it's based in relationship, you can't use those types of measures to measure how you're doing, right? And that's the appeal with religion. You get to check yourself and feel good about yourself, doing all right. You look around and you say, oh, man, mm, mm, Bennett, mm, not doing so good. Relationship isn't that. We're called to relationship with God. And that's the beauty of it. It's about you and Jesus, Bennett. The revelation he gives you. When you wake up and you're journaling and it's like, ooh, me and Jesus got it in. And, you, and, and you're reading the word and you're like, this is crazy. I've, I've read this a million times. I've never, I've never seen this before. And that revelation he gives you and, 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 and how he gives you ideas for things and, and how he, he shows you that you're loved. That's relationship. And that's what I signed up for. That's what we're here for, church. The Colossians were missing it, and Paul had to tell them, this is what we're here for. 
So let's turn a corner real quick, church. I've harped on the fact that religious activity for the sake of religious activity is not what, is God, what God is after. God wants relationship with us, and that's what we should want with him as well. I think that's clear. I think we got it. You guys are smart. I like a smart class. I think you guys got that part. But your question is probably like, what do we actually do with Colossians, Jonathan? Like, like aren't Christians, Christians are supposed to do stuff, right? Like, they're supposed to, like, like, do stuff. What about spiritual disciplines? What about prayer? What about fasting? Where does that fit in? Aren't, aren't Christians supposed to abstain from things, too? Like, where does that fit in? The answer is absolutely. But those things are based in relationship, not in a duty or not in an obligation and an effort to make God happy and to, to earn his love and to earn his approval. Does that make sense? There's a temptation to go all the way left with this and say we could jettison all spiritual disciplines because now we walk in Christian freedom and we're no longer bound by the duty of religion. But actually, it's quite the opposite. Our passion in this relationship compels us much more strongly than a religious obligation could. And now we want to pray more. We want to seek more. We want to understand God more. We want to do things that, that displease him less. Let me give you two factors on how I think this works. Number one is the direction of the flow of the activity, whatever it may be. And number two is the nature of the weight. Let me get the first graphic up, Tracy. Okay. So this is what religion says. Religion says... I got to do this activity in order to have a relationship with God. So I need to get circumcised, not eat pork, whatever, in order to have a relationship with God. But actually, when you're walking in true relationship, it's flipped. You have the relationship, and that leads to the activity. You date your wife, Bennett, because you have this relationship with her and not the other way around. You buy her gifts, you sit through those horrible movies that she loves, right? They suck, they're horrible. Because you had this relationship first. Does that make sense? Check your heart. As I'm speaking, check your heart. Think about the, the, the activities that you take part in. Is it, man, I have, to, I have to pray, I have to read the word, or is it, man, I can't wait to get up. The alarm clock don't wake me up in the morning, baby. I don't set an alarm. Because when I wake up, it's me and Jesus. Let's get it in, Jesus. What you want to tell me today? What are we going to talk about? It's different, isn't it? It's different. Ooh, I love it. Can't wait till Monday morning. Because me and Jesus are going to get it in. Woo. I don't know where you're going to be at, but I'm going to be there. And it's not because anybody told me to. Amen? Number two, the nature of the weight. So check this out. Man, following Christ, being a Christ follower, it's weighty. 
Amen. Can, can anybody, can we agree it's tough following Christ? It's not always easy. It's tough. There are trials. The things we do, the activities we do, the, the time we spend with him, we could view it, the weight of it, as an anchor or as a weight, a millstone that's going to take us down. See, the ship drops anchor and it's heavy and it weighs it down, but it's on purpose so that it doesn't get tossed to and fro and get lost at sea. See, as believers, man, in this relationship with Christ, that leads us. And then, yes, we pray. Yes, we abstain from different things. But it's because, man, we're anchored in Christ. And those things anchor us. I date my wife because it anchors us. Versus a millstone. Same water, same weight. But this is bringing the person down. It brings us down when we engage in religious activity for the sake of. And it's like, man, it's so heavy. Are you anchored or are you just weighted down by the struggle, by the strain of religious activity? How much time do I have, Tracy? Five minutes? Okay. I told you I'd like to go long. Being considerate, because y'all hungry. I know you're hungry. Why are you looking at me? Got those hungry eyes. Religion tends to foster the I'm good attitude. You know what the I'm good attitude is? I'm good is, hey, I, you know, I did, I went to church, went to church, did three songs, uh, read my Bible, journal for 15 minutes, I'm good. Relationship is dynamic. God wants to take you deeper. There's an ocean full of God's goodness, full of his grace. He's the God who created the universe. The Bible says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind can know what God has in store for those he loves. And that's what God wants for us. That's what God is calling you to, this relationship. The Colossians had to realize, man, this relationship with the head is what it was all about. Let me close with this. Man, I love Paul's tone in this passage. It's like a coach who has a star athlete who's the man in these streets. You know, he's six foot seven got the jumper. He could go inside. He's the man. And he's playing against these kids who are 5'8". But he's forgotten who he is. He's lost his confidence. You forget who you are. You're amazing. That's Paul telling him, hey, don't let people tell you this and that, and this is what you need to do. Don't you know who you are? And so I could think of it as a coach, but in my holy imagination, I think about something a little bit different. Tracy, She's wrong. I can't go back. Pause. What would it prove anyway? Who is this? Simba. Who is Simba? He's the son of the king. His relationship 
with the king means everything. But where is he now? Is he home? Is he with the other lions in Pride Rock? Where is he now? He's living with a warthog and a meerkat. And you know what he eats? Does he eat zebra and gazelle and antelope? He's eating bugs. He's traded, come on church, he's traded his holy identity as a king. Well, that's us. He, he wasn't holy. We've done it. Traded our holy identity for digging in the dirt, for saying, I'm going to make it on my own. Yeah, I know that everything was prepared for me here in Pride Rock. But now he's living with a meerkat and a warthog, digging for bugs. Play. It won't change anything. You can't change the past. You said you'd always be there for me. But you're not. And it's because of me. Pause. He was challenged to go back. Nala said, hey, you're Simba. You're the son of the king. You don't belong here. As believers, we don't belong just in mundane religious activity, going to church, doing the thing, doing this. You are royalty. The king has relationship, wants to be in relationship with you. Play. It's my fault. It's my fault. Get ready, because it's about to get good. I don't know if I'm going to take this off. Y'all playing with me. He hears it. Pause. Pause. Who is that? That's Rafiki. That's the man of God about to tell him, hey, hey, I got to remind you of who you are. Come on, you're the hope. You're the hope. In the beginning of the movie, all the animals waiting and bowing before him, and they lifted him up, and they said, this is the hope. He's the one that was to come. And all of that, he's forgotten it. And Rafiki had to come by and say, hold up, hold up. This is not who you are. That's us. That's you. You're special. You're royalty. God wants to know you. The God of the universe. He created the sun, the stars, the moon, the heavens, everything that there is, and he has a plan for you, and he wants to talk to you, and he wants to know you. Don't trade it for this. Play. <laughs> Look at that. Look at that smile. Look at that smile. Come on, will you cut it out? Can't cut it out. It'll go right back. <laughs> creepy little monkey. Will you stop following me? Who are you? The question is, who are you? Woo! Pause. Who are you? Who are you? Why are we here? Why are we here? 
We could be doing so many other things. Why are we here? Man, it's all in an effort to grow and get to know this God of the universe. I'm not here because this makes me, justifies me, and makes me good and, and righteous, and I earn heaven. All of us are here willingly because we love him. We want to know him. Or somebody dragged you here and promised you lunch. <laughs> but most, most of all, it's probably the first reason. Play. I thought I knew. Now I'm not so sure. Well, I know who you are. Shh, come here. It's a secret. Enough already. What is that supposed to mean, anyway? It means you're a baboon. And I'm not. <laughs> I think you're a little confused. Wrong. Get ready. I'm not the one who's confused. You don't even know who you are. Come on. Oh, and I suppose you know. Sure do. You're Mufasa's boy. <laughs> Let's go! Let's go! Do you know who you are? You're Mufasa's boy! We're not around here just milling around in religion. We are related to the king. Look at the shock on his face. Look at the shock on his face when he realizes, hey, hey, this life that I've been living is not all there is. I'm called to more, I'm called to more, I'm called to more. This is what I'll give the rest of my life to. Come on, I got saved when I was 13. I gave up the best years of my life. Everybody was having sex except me. Got married a virgin. No sex. Come on, man. I gave it all up. For, 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 for this? For this? No. And I could talk about me, but what about what you've given up? Persecution? Finances? Opportunities? Some of you have said no to different, uh, 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 you're, you're, you're lonely, you, you want to be with somebody and you know that person isn't right for you and you've given it up. What is it for? It's because we're related to the king. So Paul is saying, look, this, this, this earthly stuff, is that what we're here for? New moons, uh, festivals and Sabbaths and pork and circumcision? God is calling us to know him. We are royalty. Don't forget who you are. Amen, church? Don't forget who you are. This is what the rest of my life is about. This is what this, this passage that I had to preach today, but the, the, the whole book is about that. Don't forget who you are. You're Mufasa's boy. Amen, somebody? Amen. You are royalty, yes. Son and daughter of a king. And he wants to know you. And he wants to be known. And he has this body. In verse 19, he has this body. And it's joined together. And he's the head. And I can't find my phone. I'll end with this. Man, there's so much freedom in this relationship with Christ. 
question for you. Where are you trying to earn God's love? Come on, church. Come on, saints. Where are you trying to earn God's love? Where do you say, man, if I just do this, then God will be all right with me? I'm asking you to trade that and say, man, I want relationship with you on your terms. What is your win? How... What, what, what says, man, I'm doing good with God? I'm, I'm in right standing. What's the win for you? Is it appearing righteous before men? Do people know what you are for, or do they only know what you're against? Do they know what you aren't, or do they know what you are? Yeah, Mufasa's boy. I know who you are. Man, this is beautiful. This is beautiful. And this is, this is what we're called to. Amen? Let's pray. God, I thank you for your word. Thank you for your truth. Let us never forget. Let us not trade. Let us not trade relationship with you for regulations. God, so easy to look at the Jewish Christians and say, man, you guys are struggling with wanting to be circumcised. But God, we, we often trade a, 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 a vibrant relationship with you for a stale existence where we just check boxes. God, help us remember. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your truth. Amen. All right, I uh, think I'm doing communion too. So let's transition to that. Um, man, we had some, some weight today. And hopefully that weight is an anchor and not a millstone that sinks you down under the waves. When you receive some weighty truth, there are two ways to respond here at the brook that we... Uh, that we discuss is number one is communion. And uh, as it says there, Jesus' word, do this in remembrance of me. Remember that it always it started in the beginning with his death, his blood, and ultimately his resurrection. So we remember that. And then number two, we give, and there's a blessing in that. And remember, it flows from relationship to giving flows from relationship to communion, not the other way around. And so we want to give you an opportunity to do that. The information is on the screen, and the box is here if you'd like to give that way. Church, you can come when you're ready. Um, Thank you, God, for this communion. Come, church.
right, church. I'm going to let you out of here with this benediction. Romans 8, 38 and 39. For I'm sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Don't forget whose you are. Let's not forget. Go in peace, church. God bless. Wandering into the night Wanting a place to hide This weary soul This bag of bones And I try with all my might But I just can't win the fight